You're listening to GlendaleCC.org and to the Glendale Christian KY podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We hope that this message encourages you in your walk to love and follow Jesus. Thank you for listening. Hey, thanks for joining us for our online worship today. We're so glad that you're a part of our online community and thankful for your participation. Whether you're watching this at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning during the premiere or you're watching this on a replay at a later date, either way, we just want to say thanks for for being a part of our community and engaging with us as we seek to make the name of Jesus known across the world. Have you ever had someone say to you, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news? When, when someone says that to you, what do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear the good news first? If, if you're at home, just think about this. Do, do you want to hear that first? Or, or maybe you want to hear the bad news first. Maybe you don't want to be in that position at all to, to hear either of them. Sometimes, though, to understand and appreciate the good news, we first have to know what the bad news is. Today, we're in the beginning of the Christmas season known as Advent. And I get Advent is uh, a word that is largely associated with denominational churches and and so from the christian church perspective we try and shy away from that word but it's really not a bad word it it literally means the the coming or the arrival and so for us as believers advent is associated with the coming uh, of jesus to the earth to provide salvation by his his life his death his resurrection and his ascension Believers today look forward to the anticipation um, to the second advent or the second coming of Christ when Christ returns to earth in a bodily form to to take home the church. And so the term advent uh, refers to that, but it also refers to a season of the year of the church calendar in which the church prepares to celebrate the first advent, the first coming uh, of Christ to earth. Christmas, right? The, the first four Sundays before Christmas Day make up the, the Advent calendar or the Advent season. So that's why sometimes Advent begins in November like it does this year or other times in, in December. And today we're beginning a new series of messages called Behold. The, this four-week Christmas series or Advent series will, will celebrate the ways in which our faith in Christ allows us to see and to experience the world in wonderful and unique ways. We're going to look at Scripture from the New Testament and, and the Old Testament. Specifically today, we're going to look at some passages from the Old Testament. But in doing so, we're going to recognize the gifts of faith. You know, trust, joy, determination, commitment. And, and see that all of those came to us through the advent of Jesus, through the first coming of Christ, through the birth of Jesus. As we get started this morning, I want to ask you another question. Have you ever been singing a song for years and then discover you've been singing the wrong words to that song. Maybe you're one of these people that sings in the car when it's just you by yourself and you're driving down the road and you're one of the people that I look over and I, I see them just jamming to, to whatever's playing on, on their Spotify or on their radio and, and they're just belting it out. But then you notice that maybe you don't know all the words and so you make up words and, and those words just become a part of the song for you. And so every time you hear that song, you just sing the wrong words not necessarily on, on purpose, but out of habit. Um, <laughs> I was watching a popular segment on the Ellen DeGeneres show. There, there's a video clip out there about her singing the wrong words to a Justin Timberlake song. And her and Justin Timberlake are evidently pretty good friends, and he's on the show a lot. And so there's a, the movie Trolls ha- has one of his songs in it. And Evidently, she had had FaceTimed him or something, and she was belting out this song when when the movie first came out. 
except she was singing the wrong words. There, there's a part of the song where the words, the lyrics are just imagine, and she sang, it's electric. It's electric. It's electric. And I'll be honest, when, when I heard the song the first several times, and, and really up until I saw this clip, I thought the words were, it's electric too. And so Justin Timberlake says the best part of the whole video was, was her just belting out this song with great conviction, but all the wrong words. He, he said, it clearly says, just imagine. Uh, and so sometimes things that seem to be really familiar can be distortions of, of what's really being said in a song. It's, and that's a funny uh, story about it. It's funny because it played out on national TV, but... You know, sometimes we learn other songs like Christmas carols at a very early age and then we sing them without either getting the lyrics right or without really understanding what the lyrics mean. (laughs) My grandmother used to sing the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. And as she would get into the song, she would always follow the that line with this line, we tried to light a rubber cigar. I don't know where that came from, how she came up with that, if somebody else came up with that, but I heard that so often around Christmas time that now when I hear that song, even when we sing it in church, I cannot sing that song without at least thinking that line of that song, we tried to light a rubber cigar. And occasionally, if you're sitting close enough to me, you might actually hear me sing that line. One of my favorite Christmas songs, though, is the, the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But who is Emmanuel? And what exactly is he supposed to do when he gets here? The, the tune of the song causes the emotions of, of sadness, but also hope to rise up in us. It, it's obvious that things are going to change when Emmanuel gets here, when Emmanuel arrives. Uh, Emmanuel literally means God with us. And that phrase, Emmanuel, or or God with us, is found only four times in the Bible. Three times in Isaiah chapter 7, and once in Matthew chapter 1. And in both places, there's a struggle going on with with a person, and and they don't know exactly what to do or or where God is in in that given moment. In in the Old Testament, God's people were known as the nation of Israel, and they would often disobey God, and and they would go and do... um, chase after idols to worship and and at times God would let them suffer the consequences of their decisions this often meant that they were defeated at the hands of neighboring nations and as a nation they would often only seek God when they were in trouble and 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 at the at the will of warring nations and instead of seeing God as an almighty God who is is worthy of hope and, and praise and honor they kind of kept God at a distance. They, they kind of tried to keep God at a distance until things got so bad, until things got to a point where they really didn't have anywhere else to turn. They, they wanted a God, but, but not one that was expecting them to live a righteous lifestyle. The, the king of Israel at the time of, the, of history that we're going to talk about this morning was King Ahaz. King Ahaz was a, was a king of Israel. His capital city was Jerusalem. But King Ahaz was not a good king. During this time period, two armies had surrounded the, the city of Jerusalem and they held it captive. And, and for whatever reason, they, they just couldn't overthrow it. They, they, king Ahaz had received word that, they had, that these two enemy kings had contacted a third king and he was planning to come and help them overthrow Jerusalem. And so you can understand, living in maybe that situation, why he and the people of Jerusalem Jerusalem, the people of Israel, would be terrorized with fear. But like I said, King Ahaz was not a good king. He was not walking with the Lord. 
He was doing actually a number of things that God had ordered them to never do, to never take part in. One of the things that Ahaz is specifically remembered for is that he sacrificed even one of his own sons to the pagan god Moloch. And and so that was just a terrible atrocity that, that he had done. And yet with all the things that Ahaz had done that were contrary to the will of God, God had compassion on him and the people of Israel. God, God sent the prophet Isaiah to him to let him know that his enemies would not prevail. They, they would not enter the city of Jerusalem and, and that the people uh, would not be uh, held captive, that they would be set free. Isaiah asked the king, he asked King Ahaz, what sign would you like to see so that you know that God is, is going to do this? And, and the king refused to, to see a sign. He, he didn't want a sign because of his pride and also because he knew if he was given a sign and that sign came to fruition then he would have to admit that there was a God that he was not in obedience to. You know, sometimes we ask God for a sign, but we don't want to accept the changes that are required of us when, when that sign comes through. So Isaiah said, oh, I'm going to give you a sign. And, and so I'm going to give you this sign so that when it happens, everybody will know that, that God is the one who brought deliverance. Not you, not, not the king, not the king's armies, but that it was God who brought deliverance. And here's the sign. Behold, he says, or, or look, some other translations. Other translations say, see, a virgin will have a child who will be called Emmanuel. And by the time this child is two years old, the nations that were attacking Israel would be destroyed. When people heard about Isaiah's prophecy, when they heard this, that there was a, a child that was going to come that would destroy all the enemies, no doubt they looked forward to, to that. And they most likely prayed that this child, Emmanuel, would, would be conceived and he would come quickly so that they would be granted deliverance. The second time that we see this, this name, Emmanuel, show up is in the Gospel of Matthew. We're introduced to Joseph, and Joseph, uh, we're told, was a righteous man. He, he was looking forward to the upcoming completion of his marriage He was engaged to a beautiful young woman by the name of Mary and they had done all of the rituals and traditions and and all of the official parts of their engagement. You know, the parents had met together. They had exchanged a dowry and gifts and and so they were, you know, almost ready for for the final wedding banquet. They were just living in that kind of one-year period. There there was a one-year period between the engagement and the final wedding banquet. And during that one-year period, the couple lived apart from each other. They didn't live together. They, They were separated. And that was just really to guarantee that the father would be the father of whatever child was born in that marriage. But this stage of the process was one of such deep commitment that you would have to get a legal divorce if the couple decided to, to part ways, if they decided to separate and go, go their individual ways. They would have to file for divorce. So Mary comes to Joseph one day with some good news and some bad news. The good news is that God has sent her an angel to tell her that she would be given birth to the Son of God who would save the people from their sins. The bad news is that they didn't have much time to get ready for everything because she was already pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now, I know what I would probably be thinking if I were Joseph, and many of you probably think this as well, that Joseph was probably thinking, there's some worse bad news than we don't have enough time to get ready for, for this child. Because keep in mind that Mary had been gone out of town for three months to, to live and visit with her Aunt Elizabeth, the, the mother of John the Baptist. And, and so what would you do, really, if your fiancé left town unpregnant and comes back to town pregnant? 
I mean, this is, this is a story, and the only name that she can give as the father of the child is the Holy Spirit. And so, so this story for Joseph just doesn't pass the smell test. And, and Joseph is not convinced at all that Mary's story is true and that Mary has betrayed him. And his life just kind of goes into a tailspin. I mean, really, what should he do? Th- this child that was coming into his life was an absolute disappointment. But it's amazing what God can do with our disappointments if we don't give up hope and if we remain faithful. Joseph could have let his anger determine what his next step would be, but, but he really wanted to do the right thing, so, so he didn't do that. He, he thought about it, and he, he sought some counsel and wisdom and prayed about what he should do. And when it all boils down to it, the bottom line is that Joseph had three choices. First was he could publicly humiliate Mary because of what he perceived to be her immorality and her infidelity. That, that choice could possibly lead to death for her under the law. She would be guilty of adultery, and so the penalty was often to be stoned to death. The second option is that he can choose to just divorce her quietly and just walk away from her, leaving her to raise the, this child in shame and poverty. The third option is that he can marry her and raise the child even if it were his own. Now, that last option in that culture would rarely have been chosen. And sadly, that option in our culture would probably rarely have been chosen. But Joseph, being a righteous person, needed wisdom to make a decision. Unfortunately, Joseph made a compassionate decision, but maybe not the best decision. Joseph decided he would pick option two, that he would divorce her quietly and just walk away from her. He wouldn't make any accusations, but that did mean that he would assume some financial responsibility for raising the child as well. He he, he cared for Mary, and as the scriptures say, he didn't want to expose her to, to any public disgrace. And he knew that taking this route wouldn't just um, get people talking about her, but it would also get people talking about him. His own reputation would be at stake. Many would believe that he was the father of this child and he had just backed out of, of the deal for some unknown reason. You know, had, had he found somebody else that he wanted to, to be married to, you know, what was going on? There would be plenty of tabloid fodder for, for all of the community to talk about. Sometimes even when we have all of the facts in front of us, we still can't see or understand the whole picture. God might be up to something in our situation that, that we just simply cannot understand with our earthly wisdom. The Gospel of John is, is the only gospel that doesn't give us an account of the birth of Jesus, but it, but it does begin by letting us know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. And, and the Word that is used for Word in the Greek, it's associated with, with knowledge and reasoning and wisdom. It's the word logos. It's, it's where we get the word logic from. In the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the third verse of the, of the song asks for wisdom to come from on high and to put order into all things. Wisdom is, is to show us the path of knowledge that we need to, to, to gain to go in the right direction. Joseph didn't know that at the time. But God had, he had preordained this union between Joseph and Mary, and God was going to see that this came to pass. And so, so God had, had already established this. And just when Joseph was about to feel okay with the course of action that he was going to take, you know, send Mary off quietly, God sent him off in a different direction. God sent some wisdom from on high through an angel in a dream 
who explained to him the rest of the story. Here's what the scriptures tell us. It says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. I, I really believe that Joseph was wanting some kind of direction from God. To, to know God was still with him, even in what seemed like a terrible loss. So God gave this dream to Joseph. And anybody else could have just dismissed it as wishful thinking, or, or maybe you had too much beans for supper, or, or you know that night before you went to bed, or, or, or whatever. But the point is, is this, that even when it seems like God has forgotten us, because of God's silence, God is still looking out over our situation. God is feeling our pain, and God knows when and how to intervene. God's silence does not equal God's absence. Joseph was not going to let anybody try and talk him out of what he had dreamed. He, he was willing to go and humble himself before Mary and to beg for her forgiveness not for, for not believing her. He, he was willing to endure the scorn and the ridicule that other people would give to him, and, and, and they might just label him as you know the guy who couldn't wait for the wedding night. You know, he wasn't as righteous as, as they first thought he was. But Joseph's goal was to get back on track, and thanks to the wisdom that had come from on high, when he woke up, he went to get Mary and took her home as his wife. The Holy Spirit used the Gospel writer Matthew to connect the events in the Old Testament with Isaiah and King Ahaz to this New Testament event of Mary and Joseph. And in the writing of the Gospel, here's what Matthew uh, says all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin w- will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. Th- there are several things in Scripture that that kind of have a double meaning and connect to prophecies about about the Messiah or, or, or Christ. We we see this double meaning of an event again in the Old Testament when God calls out His son uh, of Egypt, referring to the the Israelite people. Then in the New Testament, we, we see God tell Joseph to take Mary and Jesus, Jesus out of Egypt and back into the land of Israel. And the writer uh, of the Gospels lets us know that it was to fulfill a prophecy in, in Hosea. Now that Mary and Joseph are reunited, they could look forward together to the coming of this child. And there is, is no doubt in either of their minds that Jesus is going to be a special child. He's going to be different. He's going to be exactly what God has promised them, a, a Savior who's going to save the people from their sins. The angel that came to Joseph in a dream gave Joseph the privilege to give him the name Jesus. For it's this child that will save his people from their sins. When God called Abraham in the Old Testament to create a people for himself, Abraham became the father of the Jews. But when God first called Abraham and gave him a promise, the promise was not simply for the Jews, but for the entire world. Here's what God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse you. And pay attention to this. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that God never has given up on reaching people groups from from all over the earth. God has never given up on reaching everybody, regardless of where you live, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of your gender, of your race. God has never given up on reaching people 
from all over the world. In the last stanza of the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, we see the, the cry for the desire of the nations to, to come and to bind all people in one heart and one mind. Friends, that's exactly what Jesus came to do. There, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus, right? That's what the Scripture says. God, God revealed in the coming of Jesus that we could all be reconciled to God. And He's given us this ministry of reconciliation to let others know that, that God was working in Christ to reconcile the world to Himself. Even, even in our worst moments of sin, God's goal is to bring us back to Himself. That's why Jesus came to this earth. That's why he came the very first time, so that we could be reconciled to God. And that's why he's coming a second time to take us back to God. There is a world, my friends, that need to know the goodness and the mercy of our God. And I hope that we'll use Christmas as a time to to tell others the good news of of why Jesus came to, to earth. Because we share the same goal in, in reaching the world for Christ together as believers. It's, it's our responsibility. And the good news of, of Advent and of Christmas is that there is a Savior who will forgive our sins, who, who came into the world to do just that. The bad news is that we are all in desperate need of a Savior to be saved from our sin. And unfortunately, so many people don't know that. Far too many of us want to believe uh, and deceive ourselves into thinking that we really aren't all that bad. Sure, we fall short. We've got some, some shortcomings and mistakes here and there. But overall, we're pretty decent individuals, right? But the cross of Jesus says otherwise. The crucifixion of Jesus lets us know that our sin is more than just a mistake. It's more than a bad choice or something else that's just trivial that we can just kind of sweep under the rug and, and deal with and be easily wiped away. The whole purpose for Emmanuel to come was to change our situation in relationship to God. And when our relationship to God changes, then we can have true meaningful relationships with one another. The peace that we so often sing at Christmas is found first in knowing Jesus Christ for ourselves. And understanding this meaning of Emmanuel, knowing that God is with us no matter what comes our way. He's with us. As you look into your own life, and I hope that you will over the next few days, where do you see a need for Emmanuel to come and and make a difference today in your life? Is your home full of envy? Is it full of strife, full of arguments? If it is, Emmanuel's peace, Emmanuel's presence brings peace. Inviting him in today can change what the next few weeks of Advent and, and Christmas will look like for you. I would encourage you to invite Emmanuel, invite Jesus into your disappointments. Invite him into the areas where where something has bound you and made you a captive. Invite him into your brokenness and allow him to have your singing rejoice, rejoice. Because God has made a way for you. If you're already a believer, invite him into those areas of life. But if you're not a believer, can I just encourage you to reach out to, to us here at the church or or, or maybe another church in your area, so that you can begin to take those first steps into securing that peace that Emmanuel brings, to, to securing that presence in, in your own life of Emmanuel, that God is with you. If, if you need to make a decision to follow Christ for the first time, 
and, and you want to begin that process, we would urge you to, to use the contact form on our website. Just contact us or call the church office or reach out to, to me uh, through a Facebook message or, or however you need to get in touch with somebody. Please get in touch with them because God has made a way for you. The whole point of, of Isaiah's prophecy so that we would see, that we could behold a Savior that was coming into the world to save us from our sins. As we begin to celebrate Christmas, may we keep that at the forefront of our minds, that the, that the, the celebration, the culmination of Christmas is about a Savior who could save us from our sins. Let me pray for us. Father God, we love you, and we... Uh, we are thankful for that Savior. We are thankful for that presence of Emmanuel, God with us, and that peace that Emmanuel brings with us, uh, brings to us. Father, thank you for the wisdom that, that he brings to us. Um, thank you for, for the good news that you have sent us a Savior. Father, would you convict us of our need for, for Emmanuel, for Jesus in our lives? And Father, would you convict us of of our purpose, our, our ministry, that we would make the name of Jesus, we would make the name Emmanuel, God with us, known to the entire rest of the world. That's what you have, have assigned us to do. And so, Father, may we use this time of Christmas where people are a little bit more focused on, on, on your Son. May we use this time to point people to Him, to a Savior, who is willing to go to a cross to die for their sins, to die for all of our sins. Father, we love you. And we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.